0: Mr. Luke Sharp, welcome to Dive In Podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. How you doing today?
1: Very good. Very good. I've got my uh, Padre coffee in yeah. my hand. Yeah, sponsor and, uh, us. <laughs> oh, there we go. It's going down very nicely. <laughs> it's keep me sharp.
0: Thanks, hugs. Nice fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, basically, today I'm just going to braid you with questions. Um, I'm going to talk about like where you grew up, um, school, uh, how and when you got into exercise, uh, what study you did. And didn't do, I guess, to get where you are. Um, talk about how your PT career or coaching career <laughs> kicked off, uh, and then basically talk about you know tra- training this like pasty chubby dude <laughs> for a little bit, but, um, and then uh, the why behind why you keep doing what you do. Sounds good. Excellent. All right. Uh, remember, there's no wrong questions, and you're allowed to swear as much as you like.
1: No wrong questions or answers. Questions. That's it. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All
0: right. Uh, so tell us about where'd you grow up, Luke.
1: I grew up out Sanford Way. Um, So if you're in Brisbane, you'll probably know where that is. Um, First of all, out up at Cedar Creek. And then uh, as my parents split up, we moved over to the other side of Sanford, which was out at Highvale, sort of bottom of uh, Mount Glorious.
0: Oh, nice. Bit of land.
1: Bit of land, yeah. So, yeah, grew up. Hard part barefoot outside.
0: to walk back from parties to. <laughs> oh, that was the worst. <laughs> so, I actually
1: did do some big walking back trips, I remember, from like, Grove, <laughs> walking over the range back to Sanford at like 4am in the morning when I was young.
0: I, I remember once I got, I got um <laughs> Dad picked us up from a party out at Sanford at like, I think it was like two in the morning, and I was just driving past. It I drove past this guy, and it took me about ten minutes to realise it was Nick Staver walking back because <laughs> he, he lived out that way, didn't he? Well, yeah. For some reason, but he was walking back. Sam was like, "Oh, that's a rough walk." <laughs> I, I complain about walking from like Fernie Hills to Fernie Grove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool, man. So, what schools did you go? To? Did you go to Sanford Primary School, or
1: so I went to Sanford Steiner School. It's um, good school yeah well, it was so yeah I'm not sure if our listeners are familiar or not with um Steiner, but basically um I don't know the best way to to frame it, but it's a little bit alternative um a big a big part of the education is on um sort of trying to create more creativity um and I think giving the students a little bit a little bit more freedom around what they learn um but also not not putting as much pressure on them in terms of um like we didn't have i don't think we got marked on anything maybe until grade seven um so yeah just a different different environment um it was largely outside like i remember being down um down the creek and would just be making cubby houses and stuff down the creek in our in our lunch times um yeah, pros and cons. Um, I think I think it gave me a a little more of a, a um, you know, a, maybe a little more of a thinking mind in terms of uh, as a grown-up being able to think through things a little bit more possibly. Um, but, you know, at the time I, I, I felt like I missed out on some things like competitive sport and stuff like that. Like I had eight people in my class. Yeah. Um, two we- girls, so there wasn't much to choose from <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, So yeah, pros and cons But I, I grew up um, through that system It actually started uh, The Brisbane Steiner School actually started in my, in my shed in, When I was growing up in um, Cedar Creek Oh really? Yeah, so it started in my shed um, And then moved out to Lake Samsonvale It's um, a big school now yeah, it's a big school now, it's yeah. It's got a big
0: wait list because we looked at it for Maddie. Yeah, okay. Big wait list. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah I've sort of, um, you know, been tossing up about it now. I've got a, uh, a young young fella myself. Um, but then, yeah, then I did the complete opposite. So we went to Steiner School uh, and then went to Fenny Grove High, which is uh, what obviously a school. where I met <laughs> What
0: a school. <laughs> no, it actually wasn't. Fen- Fenny High actually wasn't a bad school. No, uh,
1: I think uh, for, a yeah, you know, I don't know any different, but – I think it, it served its purpose if you wanted it to.
0: <laughs> if we turned up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I guess school, you played um, – so I guess jumping to high school, You. so the competitive thing would have come along pretty strong because you played basketball in high school. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so I um, – Luke's tall as fuck, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, I played, played basketball. So I remember I started basketball probably like maybe under 12s. So I wanted to start earlier because I remember, you know, I had a basketball court at home um you know off the off the shed or whatever at home that i'd spend hours playing on um but i remember my mum actually wouldn't let me play any earlier i think it was you know that same sort of steiner philosophy um but yeah i started probably under 12s or something and then i played through high school and that was that was probably my main sport until i um sort of started playing golf and then that i realized i was a little bit better at golf than basketball and um
0: I guess yeah. both high-paying sports, so it's a good, good field to chase down. Well, yeah, I, I thought so at the time. Because yeah. um, you, uh, after high school, w- is when you were studying, you worked at Golf World at Newmarket, didn't you? Because used to bump into you a little bit. Yeah, that's right. When yeah.
1: you probably went to Domino's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking
0: love Domino's. Delicious. Sponsor me. Uh, yeah. um, I guess so. So school. What was the mindset? Because I know we all came to that question of. Um, or most of us anyway were asked by our parents or our friends is like, what are you going to do when you finish school? And most of us don't know. We made up some lie or <laughs> some, some story um, uh, or or we just we just studied something we never did. What was yours? Like, you know, finishing that school, did you think you're always going to get into sport and PT or?
1: No, I had no idea. Um, definitely like my parents never, ever. That's one thing, um, you know, I'm really grateful for. The, whatever I did, they always supported me. Um, and then never put on any pressure for me to do anything, like never even told me to do my homework or anything. I was always really self, um, disciplined or motivated, I guess, um, with that. So during high school, like I did a really big array of subjects. I remember from like legal studies to drama to sport. Um, and I actually like, I worked pretty hard, um, in high school, um, so even though a lot of my peers were getting, you know, at the other end of the spectrum in terms of OPs, like guys that I hang out with, but I I don't know, I've just always um I think wanted to whatever I've done, tried to do my best, I guess. Um so I actually after high school, like when we had to put in our um uni QTAC. Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah yeah, uni preferences, QTAC. Um I applied to do law. Um, cause I was just, I was doing legal studies and, and, uh, really enjoying it and doing well at it. And, um, yeah, so I applied for law and I remember, I think I got into like law and business or something like at Griffith, but I was, it was like down at Logan or, or something. I was it's like, a, it's oh. a drive. I've, yeah. I've been to that campus. Yeah. So I, just, I think, bit. I think the drive put me off. Um, so then I had a year off. I had no idea that you could study, that you could study sport or, or whatever, um, at that time. And then it was after I took a year off after after school and just worked, um, and it was some some in that year that someone said or I realised that I could study like exercise science or human movements as it was called back then. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, well I'll go and do that. So yeah, it was it wasn't it wasn't something that I um, had earmarks like yeah really through high school I had no idea as, yeah yeah most of us yeah
0: because then you were i used to bump into you. i think it was uh, uh health works was it called health works back right then Everton park yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. that was my, my local chess session yeah.
1: <laughs> trent was the bee's knees trent was like the big dog on campus at <laughs> <Bender Grove>. shut <laughs> up <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so so how long is your so i guess because people don't know then that's the thing you don't realize and in, when you do this all the time i think well i do anyway you you sometimes don't realize that the rest of the world don't understand how long degrees take, how long study takes, you know, how to squat onto a box, like all these things that, how long did it take you to, to do your, your your degree, your uni degree?
1: Um, Probably longer than it had to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was there for, so I enrolled in a double degree here in movements and education to be a PE teacher. Um, Did it for a year, decided I didn't want to be a teacher um, took a year off, went overseas, then came back to uni, uh, and then did business in human movements, and then that was another four years. Uh, so I was at uni like over a six-year period, but for five years, yeah,
0: yep. yeah. So yeah, because most um exercise degrees now they're about four years, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I think uh, if you just do straight exercise science, it's three years. Yep. Um, exercise physiology, four years. Yeah, yeah, and
0: and they usually want you to do post-grad with it now too, don't they? For for medicare and stuff like that.
1: oh that's just um exercise physiology yeah. so that's four years yeah.
0: yeah yeah cool man cool and so did you so do your degree did that get you the personal training stuff you needed or do you do pt course as well or yeah so i did um it's a great course isn't it <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so after that first year when i realized i was going to go in, going overseas i um didn't want to waste the year per se so i crammed in and did my cert three cert four before i went away um and then that got me into. So I was doing some PT while I was at at, um, at uni, um, because yeah, even like a year of uni isn't enough to be able to do the yep. equivalent, apparently, of like a you know whatever it is a, a four month <laughs> four months of um, four months of study to be a PT. So yeah,
0: I found it interesting when I, I think I was doing the uh, three or well when me and Chris did it, or when Chris did it, and some of the questions you know, I was like at the same time I was doing biology at university <laughs> and they're asking this question and I'm like this question is a question that we get asked at university I'm like it's not relevant to it's like sometimes they just chuck in just stuff into yeah. those cert three cert fours it's that's another podcast uh yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's an interesting I'm actually looking into that at the moment
1: uh, <laughs> yeah potentially setting up something to teach uh it
0: needs to be done because yeah. it's just like those groups are crazy but don't sue us um so um post um university man you jumped into a space where did you go like where did you start so uh,
1: um i was actually yeah i was really lucky um because doing the degree that i was doing so i I did um you know finish with a a business degree you know which means nothing and then a human movements degree which pretty much means nothing as well um so i had no idea once again where i wanted to go with it whether it would be more on the business side of things um But there wasn't much direction, you know, from uni in terms of where that led. Um, And I didn't really know what I could do with my HM uh, degree. But I did prac at a place called um, Fitnance at the time, um, Fit Education now. And um, did prac there and, you know, I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, must have done an okay job and basically got offered a full-time job um, from from that prac um, at the end of uni um and then I was there for three years so that was like a really good introduction into I guess the whole fitness industry I'd been working as a PT but just sort of um you know casual at a, at a little studio um so this sort of gave me a bit um I guess some more diverse skills like I'd be teaching Cert so three so at four in fitness I would be um, running strength and conditioning squads. Um, I'd be doing obviously one-on-one PT, just a lot of different things, but in a full time
0: helps reinforce all the things you learn as well.
1: Yeah, definitely helps uh, reinforce and just gave me a, um, gave me a bit of insight into, I guess, what I, what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, and yeah, after three years there, I sort of decided, you know, that was enough. Um, and then since then I've sort of worked for myself. It was i made I remember making the decision just just feeling like uh, you know I'm getting paid for thirty eight or forty hours or whatever, and some weeks i'd I'd be you know all my work would be done in twenty hours, and it's like just feeling like I'm wasting everyone's time um twiddling my twiddling my fingers for the sake of having to tick off the amount of hours and realizing that hey, I can actually if I just work the amount of hours that I'm actually have for myself, I could be making a lot more money and and be able to do what I want. So that's sort of that what led me into doing my own thing.
0: And where did where did you go from there, man?
1: Um, so then, um, so yeah, basically, I started renting space at that same same place. Um, so they were really good with that. Um,
0: what was it? it was sharp performance? Yeah, is it was what sharp yeah, sharp performance
1: right. training was was.
0: It's a good the name. Very, it's, yeah, a good, it's it's cool a, that you can incorporate your last name into your business and it's like it sort of fits it. it's practical. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it's sort of um fit quite well for what I was trying to do as well because I was trying to do, you know, I was trying to work a bit more with athletes and um as most people do when they're out of uni and they think they're going to train athletes all their life. Yeah, um, it's not much in our
0: space. as much money as you think in in it as well.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, and then I had another year off. I went and lived in Holland for a year um, and then I came back and sort of started fresh and that's sort of uh, what led me to, yeah, opening up my own space and whatnot. I
0: remember that because I think we we sort of crossed paths again. Um, so, yeah, me and Luke, I don't know if we mentioned start We went to high school together. Um, we weren't enemies. We weren't really like close friends. We would be at the same parties and we had similar friends and stuff like that but – I was more into video games and stuff, and Luke was into sports. So. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember I was just starting studying. I just got that space at uh, Newmarket, and you messaged me about Chinese medicine stuff. You saw one of like the things, and Luke came in, and then like uh, after a few sessions, we'd, like, I'm like, hey, let's do swaps. I want to get back in training. Um, That's right, yeah. Again, we went down to Grilled. Grilled Newmarket <laughs> um, and uh, you you got a gluten-free bun because I remember. Seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's really flat. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so we went went Grilled Newmarket and I uh, had had the chat and started off and I used to say, uh, so Luke would write me uh, the, the program on, and I'll go down and train with you on Fridays. Um, I think at this stage, I think when I started training with you, I was about – 100 kilos give or take i can't remember quite quite where it was but that was literally um probably nine to 12 months after i came out of hospital for like my mental health breakdown and things like that i haven't really exercised properly um for years and i just started back at kung fu um and you're nice enough to help me out so um i guess talking about that is <laughs> Let's, let's talk about what was it like training training <laughs> training Trent, um, if you remember, because I know you train a lot of people. But I remember it was at was it 9 o'clock on Friday. So it was after your morning, half an hour after whatever your last morning session was. And we you were teaching me ollie lifts because I haven't really been training. Much. I just used to try to do cleans, never snatches, which was definitely my weakest lift that you taught me. <laughs> and uh, trying to fix my squat because it sucks and still sucks. So um, I guess how do taking someone in that hasn't trained for a while, probably didn't share the the scope, but you probably picked up over time the quality of my mental health. How do you, how do you go around that as a coach? How do you go around a program and, and, and sort of coaching someone like that?
1: Uh, so, well, in relation to you, first of all, I guess, um, <laughs> the main thing I remember is like how – how open and um and wanting to learn you were like i always admired that in terms of you know like i knew that you'd done a lot of training training before um but like just that asking for help um to yeah to want to improve really impressed me because that's always like it's always been one of the things that i i i guess pride myself on is um you know always always trying to learn and always trying to improve every area of my life and and that so obviously you know that's my bias that's my perception and and when you did that it it, it connected uh with me um so i always admired that and and just your willingness to show up and and put in i remember i think we to be i think we did conditioning at the end of the sessions i remember you'd always You'd always like push, <laughs> push super hard in that conditioning. Um, and that's, you know, just, just showing that grit, I guess. Um,
0: I think I also PTSD from me. one of the days. I make people do it here now. It's um, the Dime Black with the overhead um, elevated heel squats.
1: Oh, yeah. It's quad fun. And, and you
0: give me, I think it was, I've got to get a certain amount of cows on the Dime and the squats but the time keeps going from the squats to the dine. So I lose my time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's like, you can get it done in three rounds or be here all day. <laughs> it, it was like five and a half, six rounds later. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. Fucking hate you. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So the other things that I probably most remember is just that willingness and, and um, wanting to learn and putting your hand up and asking for help, um, which really stood out. Um, I'm not sure if I, I think along the way you opened up, a little bit more to me how how much you've been struggling with mental health i'm not sure if i, I knew it right from the start um you know probably as that trust built you, you opened up more um but in terms of like generally how how to go about that um i think it's yeah like for me i i I probably – we definitely didn't do as much of an extensive, like, consult as I would normally do probably just because I knew you. Um, But, yeah, definitely I think it really comes from trying to get to know the person in the first place, whether it's through chatting, whether it's through forms that you make them fill out, whether it's through just watching them move and and chatting um, or movement screenings or whatever. Just trying to, I guess, gather as much information about them because – people have lived their lives like before they come and see you. So there's so many assumptions that you put in place before you write someone a program or get someone to do something. Um, you know, there's whether it's physical or whether it's emotional or, or whatever, There's the possibilities are endless as to what they could have been through. So I think there's much information gathering as possible um, is about the only way you can safeguard as much as possible you know not going too hard or or whatever or you know um yeah
0: yeah i remember um on that note i remember one of the days i I think it happened a couple times but one of those i rocked up and it was um we had uh it it was dead's uh i think um rope pulls or something to do with abs and then it was and then we we're going to finish conditioning i was like i've had three hours sleep i'm stressed i've got an exam today and you're like okay what do you want to do i'm like can we hit the lifts and then just practice my exam stuff oh, <laughs> yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like yeah so it's i think it was blood pressure and like <laughs> nerve function and, and and all these other things and respiratory stuff and you're like you're like yeah i did some of this uni let's do it so we did that <laughs> we did the the lifting part of the workout and then because obviously the stress like it just would have fucking killed me and then we just did that bit and when I'm away, it was actually really good because it just showed the um adaptivity of how you can make a program for someone to suit the person rather than being like no you've got to do the conditioning day and i'll be like all right and i yeah, would have yeah. done it and then i would have gone home being fucked and not done my exam so it's just taking the edge off life which was really good that yeah. really that was a really good experience
1: i think that's a um that's one of the even with like i've done a shitload of courses and stuff since uni now um but that's probably one of the most mature changes I think you can make as a, as a coach is like I remember when I started half an hour sessions with clients, how much can we – can I swear? Yeah, yeah. How much can we fuck them up in this half an hour yeah. in terms of how sore can we get them? But – and, yeah, not even considering how, how little sleep they have, not even considering, you know, how much stress they're under or whatever. But I think that's just maturity as a coach um, because that – You know, I think it happens to everyone. When you first start out, you're out to prove something, right? You're out to make a name for yourself and to fucking get talked about, like, oh, his sessions are so hard. But, yeah, Yeah. some of the sessions…
0: That's that ego talk. Exactly. The the ego could take us to we could be talked about being the holistic coach or the coach that thinks about people as people, not as how big is that butterfly of sweat going to get on the ground afterwards.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's um, just the evolution of wisdom from oneself yeah.
0: yeah it's it's good though because it's it's because i guess segueing a little bit but you see in the industry we see in the industry especially on fucking instagram you see all the time is the generic coach that is the same as every other one and it's just like you said it's every session is a we see it in something if something 45 it's just, <laughs> i don't have enough money for you to sue me uh, you see it all the time is is that they push that your workout should just be how many calories you burn, which sometimes is great. Sometimes that's cool. Sometimes that's fun to show off. Like I do it occasionally, but I do it for a, a specific reason in, in why I've done it. Not that every workout should be 500 calories because if you're eating 5,000 calories, does it fucking matter? Mm. Um, and And then, you know, the unhealthy – the good eight-week challenges that exist, and then there's the unhealthy eight-week challenges, this, which is you know we can all starve ourselves eight weeks and look great. Yeah, it doesn't teach us anything in life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, that's where I guess it, it sort of stands your part. But um, no, I remember um a few things from post from training with you because I think it was just uh, it was about a year or just over or just under a year. I think we did started before a Christmas. I think it was like July. And then I finished with you just after February, after here. So three and a bit years ago. Um, and I remember, because I remember when we were sitting up here, I had to send Chris down one day because I was installing the racks outside. I'm like, Chris, go down and do some techniques. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. going to do work. I can't get down time. It's a gift. And he's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, and because um, I, I remember the first Christmas was because you're like, oh, you're not going to see me for two weeks. So we're going to do something hard today. And that's where I was. Uh, it was the uh, try to get a hundred squats. It was a hundred, yeah. hundred squats in seven minutes, front squats. And I couldn't walk for like a week. Oh, <laughs> sound <laughs> no, no, no. It was good. I fucking loved it. Cause I make people do it all the time. <laughs> no, no. It was, um, cause we're taking a break. I wasn't going to see if two weeks you're like, let's get some. Cause you oh, did yeah. it the next day. Cause I messaged yep. you like four days. Like you're like, I did it the next day. Fuck. I, I'm the same. <laughs> I think mine was light. Mine was only like 60 kilos and you do it with like 80 or 90 or something. And um, I got, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. And I think I got to like, I did like 20 had a break, did 20 had a break, and 11 had a break, <laughs> six had a break. I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> um, but I remember just before the, the the next Christmas, I think you got your body scanner in, which we know there's a variable accuracy in it, but it scan to scan is a good capacity. Yep. And the difference in how I was feeling after just a year of consistency, because Luke gave me a four-day program for myself um, and the working out with you. So I used to go doing Farley's Gym, um, my program. That's so right, yeah. Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday was my program. So we did the ollie lifts on, ollie lifts on Friday and the other days with dead push and, and things like that. Um, and I remember the difference in my ability just to, to push through things increased. Um, obviously, my weight changed, which significantly, I think it was about five and a half kilos. And I didn't really change my diet. It was just the fact that I was moving. Diet is important, but just changing this helped a lot too. Our mindset changed a lot. I got stronger. Um, the conditioning didn't kill me as much. Um, they're all good things. And it was just really good to, to to feel that and then tangibly scan to scan see that difference as well, um, which was real fun. I get DEXA scans now just because yeah, that's… Cool more accurate and it checks the left leg I've got um, because I had a wasting issue on my left leg so I've got like 600 grams less muscle on it so it helps me keep that in check and try and increase that Um, but I think that was really cool because it was not just a physical result across all the things There's that emotional result that came from coaching with you as well and like teaching things that I can bring across and carry across into what I do now Um, so I guess that takes obviously that was a Training for, with me, me with you was a small thing for you, but it's a big part for me. So I want to say thank you for that. Um, but I also want to know now. So now you let's talk a little bit of what you're doing now. Obviously, there's a baby and a partner and all these other exciting things, but your facility is a lot bigger. Um, I want to talk for a bit about your mission and the style of training you do. Why you chose the style of training? Like, why don't you do a forty-five? Why don't you do like the fit stop? Like, why do you do what you do the way you do it? <clears throat> Big question. Go. <laughs> <laughs> don't know
1: where to start on that one. Um. Well, yeah. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's. Uh, I always feel honored, really, to help, to be able to help anyone, um, along their path, um, and yeah like it's i think as a coach it's always uh you know that's that's what you do it for right um is is to is to be able to help someone so w- when you hear that it's actually made a difference in someone's life it's it's really nice no matter how big or small that is um and that's you know what keeps me going today i guess um is just yeah just that notion of um and that feeling that you get when you know you' You're positively making a change or helping someone make a change with their life, I think is a better way to put it um so in terms of today um training style well, I guess what what, what we do at um at my gym is just a you reflection. Can,
0: you can say the name of your gym. I was probably going to drop it at some point. Um, yeah, it would so be in the subtext I mean, of you're, you're allowed to say. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so I've, I have a gym called The Wild Movement. Um, and the training that we do there is just a reflection of, like, the whole space sounds really, like, probably egotistical, but it's it's just a reflection of, of me and, and an extension of my values. Um, and that's uh, why I guess I – you know cliched as it is you know enjoy getting up um each day and, and doing it because it's uh, yeah it's it's aligned with my values so i guess in terms of the training style to start off with um similar to here in terms of generally quality over quantity um helping people get stronger and big reason for that is i think um Yeah, like I said, my own experiences uh, with strength training. So I started going to the gym, I think I was about grade 11 at at school, like when we had to do a PE program um, for a sport that we chose and then had to do that. And then I started going to uh, the gym with a mate after school. And obviously, you know, you start off with the bodybuilding splits and whatnot, and that's you know, people bag it, but it's there's nothing wrong with it. That's
0: my favorite kind of workout. (laughs) It's it's a
1: good, it's a good feeling, right? Um, so I think I fell in love with strength training because I was like Trent said, I'm super tall, six foot five ish. Um, but I I always felt like I was I was too skinny for anything. Like, you know, when I was growing up, I don't think my mum would let me play uh footy because you know i'd get hurt um and same with that school like you know um i definitely like i wouldn't say i was bullied or anything like that but it, i was made to feel like I, I wouldn't be able to do well um playing rugby league or, like fitting
0: into a box that people pre-prescribe for you sort of thing
1: yeah 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 um actually one of the things um, yeah so anyways i always had this you know tall and lanky Um, which was sort of okay for basketball, but if it, it didn't make me feel strong or powerful. So I think that's why I fell in love with strength training was because I could actually see that I could actually change the body that I was in. Um, so the, at the time there probably wasn't, um, you know, it's different today where there's social media and stuff, but like, yeah, I I don't know if I was embarrassed of my body or, or what, but it wasn't, I wasn't proud of my body. Um, because of how I felt about it, so I fell in love with of the empowerment that strength training gave me, um, and that has just followed through. So that was literally, you know, I'm almost thirty six
0: old. old.
1: <laughs> so I would have started when I was like seventeen, and I've literally like I don't, I can't remember missing any training for seven for that long. Um, like even when being in in Europe backpacking, backpacking. I would would put I'd put mates on my shoulders and would do squats in the hostel <laughs> um, you know I would go down to park and do push-ups and stuff there was always something um, and just because of of that of that feeling that it gave me that empowerment of um, feeling more strong and feeling more powerful in a way and um, a big part of it is feeling masculine I think um, you know feeling you can you can do whatever you want to do so having um the wild movement is just basically trying to give people that and and giving um it's it's morphed when i started i was i remember when I opened the gym I had nineteen guys and one girl um but it's, now it's probably at least two thirds females um and I think a big part of that is um Because women want to feel, you know, empowered and powerful as well, but they don't want to be judged and they want to do it in a safe way. And that's sort of what we've tried to create um, in terms of the environment that we have, Uh, yeah.
0: That's cool, man. Um, I guess, uh, so the style of lifting, because like you spoke briefly about like, you know, bodybuilding, which is fed the pomp, Arnie stuff and, and stuff like that is, I guess a lot of people don't understand the blend that you have because you you have a combination of obviously there's conditioning and accessories but then you have your big lifts and the ollie lifting as well which a lot of facilities don't mix together which makes it a little bit unique as well um so do you want to explain to the people that have never heard about these things like what what's the combination of like your, your breakdown of lifts and, yeah, ha- cool. and how they sort of help
1: so um yeah like i'm the training is just sort of an extension of, of how I think about health overall in terms of tr- trying to think about health really holistically. Um, you know, it's probably why I sought out Trent uh, in the first place because I knew he was interested in Chinese medicine, um, and so I, I've like I, I grew up. A big part of that is growing up, um, you know, in a Steiner school and being exposed to. Um, you know, I never went to a doctor growing up. It was always going going to a homeopath. Um, you know, a big topic at the moment, but I was never vaccinated. Um, you know, always having the thought like nature knows best, basically. So my philosophies around health um, are very holistic. And I think training is just an extension of that. So I grew up doing more bodybuilding type training, which was really, really good at the time because it did help me um, put on some muscle and put on some weight. And that was the thing that made me feel, uh, I guess, better about myself. And then from there, um, I was exposed. Probably, probably actually more when I um, started working at Fitnance. Um, they had strong men and stuff that trained there. Some really good strong men.
0: Strong men, sick.
1: Yeah, and that was that was cool. So that was like you know the other extreme end of of bodybuilding, more just about lifting heavy shit um, and and weird stuff. So I got that little taste, and then I learned Olympic lifting there, weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for those who don't know, I guess the difference is um, in terms of the training. Bodybuilding is uh, generally more chasing a feeling, so trying to get what we call the pump, um, where we're just trying to trap as much blood in the muscles that we're working as possible. So you can do that um, through a lot of different realms, but a really common one is just sort of higher rep work, not focused on weight, um, really focused on the contraction. Whereas strength training or strongman is more um, about heavier weight, uh, less reps, longer rest breaks. You don't get the same sort of endorphin and pump sort of feeling from it. Um, but you generally are chasing some sort of performance metrics in terms of whether it's amount that you lift or whether you're trying to, um, which, trying to get that transfer from that force development onto you know into your sport or whatever. Uh, and then you have weightlifting, which is like what you'll see at the Olympics—the two two main lifts. Um, so it's probably the most complex sort of thing you can do with a barbell. Um, and I think I so yeah, I sort of was first exposed to that in would have been about 2000 and I want to say 12. a Long time ago now. Um, anniversary and, coming up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: and. Um, I think I, so always since then, I've always done some sort of it. And I'm, as you know, you can hear, I'm the worst uh, biomechanics for weightlifting, for powerlifting. But that's what I've sort of enjoyed most. Do and you, then. Do, um, you, do
0: you want to explain? Because people won't understand, like I understand why, but people won't understand why you being tall is bad for that.
1: Yeah. So basically, the further you have to lift the bar, the harder <laughs> it's going to be. So. <laughs> That's why you won't see too many tall uh, weightlifters because if you have to put it above your head in one movement, then the further you need to take it, then the more work that requires. So the more strength that requires. Um, yeah, that's that's about as simple as uh, that can be. So generally you'll see shorter people um, doing it. And then um, – so I, I always sort of had a combination of bodybuilding type in there, some strength focuses – I used some weightlifting in there. Um, and then I was sort of exposed to a little bit of gymnastic stuff, and that was through Real Movement Project um, back in 2014 um, and a little bit before that with a little bit of CrossFit sort of exposure, um, uh, like learning to handstand and uh, do some stuff like that. So these days it's just a blend of everything uh, depending on – once again – if there's a one-on-one focus, depending on, on the requirement, on the need of the individual and the goals of the individual, for myself, um, well, for myself, it's been more just weightlifting for the last six months. Uh, I've got a coach, coach for that um, from a place called Mash Elite in the States, um, which is a really good weightlifting club.
0: And I think that's an important thing to, to touch on is that coaches should have coaches. Yeah, Everyone needs to keep learning because if we don't, we're just that generic person, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, I think it's – yeah, I I am a really big believer in that, that we do need to keep learning. Um, I don't necessarily agree with like everyone – like sometimes it's I feel like it's a little bit clichéd that, um, you know, if you're a strength coach, then you also need a strength coach. If you're, um, you know, a running coach, then you need a running coach. I think it's individual, but I think it's important to be putting investment into yourself. Yeah. Um. So I haven't. I've definitely had coaches along the way. This is probably the most invested I've had in a in a weightlifting coach per se. Um. But you know I've done a lot of other coaching. I've spent years doing psychotherapy. Um. You know, investing myself in that way. I've done yeah a lot of other stuff. So I think it's um. Yeah, investing in yourself definitely is.
0: Uh, I think also another a a fortunate opportunity is that when you do work in an industry you you build friends and friendships where you can work out with a friend that is a coach mm. so while you're not necessarily at that time or period you have a coach you've got someone that can sometimes give you feedback or keeps you accountable for those workouts as well which is i know that like you know you used to do workouts with Brooke and Nathan occasionally or Tom yeah. and and stuff like that and i think that's not dissimilar which i think's really good as well
1: yeah and i think it's also like you got to look at you got to look at your strong points and your weak points and where you need help, right? Like like I said, I've barely missed a session in 17 years. I don't need help with discipline of doing sessions. Like even when when we had our son, I didn't miss any sessions that week. Like it's just a non-negotiable for me. So if if I was, you know, definitely if I was trying to um, get to a certain level performance-wise or, or something, then, yeah, definitely, you know, have a coach. But if I'm training for longevity and for health and for enjoyment, uh, you know, then maybe uh, maybe I'm better to have a coach in a different area of my life that I yeah. need help with. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, really individual.
0: Yeah, that's good feedback, man. Um, where did we, where did we segue from? <laughs> oh, wow, I'm enjoying this. Talk about myself, right? You don't get to talk about in Twenty for minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, so so we finished on you. describing. No, we don't yeah, have yeah. time for that. <laughs> yeah. This isn't the Trent podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, so ba- basically, so in in the wild movement, you have a blend of of all those sort of styles of lifting, and you break it down because I think it's it, what is it like? You've Monday, Tuesday, then you break up with gymnastics in the middle of the week. Is that still how? And then Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, strongman gymnastics. Is that still probably, sort of probably
1: changed a bit? But um, yeah, generally yeah timetable our schedule sort of fluctuates in terms of um you know what what members want i guess but um the the meat and veg i guess of the of the program is is just teaching people how to use a barbell correctly um so you know the big the big basics that can never grow old in terms of um pressing deadlifting, squatting um pulling the fun yeah, ones <laughs> yeah yeah just all the big foundations um, and then from there is where the, I guess, more fluffy stuff goes, the, the gymnastics, um, learning how to handstand, um, yeah, doing different lever, levers on the rings, uh, weightlifting. Um, and then in terms of conditioning, yeah, like we haven't really touched on that, but probably because of my own body type, I've never really had to do a lot of conditioning to, to stay lean, um, so, but you know, it is an important part, and I do like for myself, I like to be able to check in and, and know that I can still, uh, whatever you know, do a vlog, yeah, do <laughs> go for a 5k run if I had to, or do a 1k row. Or so, I, I think, in terms of, um, like talking about the gym and uh, the focuses, where the focuses are, it's probably not the main focus, but I always try and have it as a more of like a minimum uh like you should be able to do this as a human being
0: do you want to briefly just explain to people what conditioning is because i think so
1: um (laughs) yeah conditioning is one of those words that's (laughs) popped up in the the industry (laughs) over the few years it doesn't really mean this or that but basically when i say conditioning and when most coaches say conditioning it's it's more like heart rate like getting your heart rate up Whether it's using your aerobic system, where you just you know a little bit, a little bit lower intensity, a little bit longer duration, or whether it's using what's called your anaerobic system, where you're not um, using oxygen as much as your main fuel source, Um, so just a manipulation of of your variables, your sets and reps and um, time duration and stuff. To so when we say conditioning, yeah, to get an effect for the heart more so,
0: yeah. Um, And I guess I guess while we're at conditioning, do you have an opinion? Positive or negative or both, on how like in the industry how it's been taken over by like a lot of styles that now focus on just like getting the heart rate up.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Don't say all of them because there's a lot of court cases. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot now. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So my opinion is that people get people judge a session too much by how they feel afterwards um uh, a good session doesn't necessarily mean that you need to feel like you've worked super hard um but when it's just around high intensity conditioning that's basically what you're judging the session off so you know if you're used to that uh conditioning okay well yes you you're, you're, you're going to increase your fitness um no doubt about it you're going to increase your fitness uh to some degree but there comes a time where risk versus reward, it's I gone, guess. has
0: gone above that 80% consistently sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and like what's – there's also – it's very, very hard in a scenario like uh, a lot of gyms do to progressively <coughs> overload someone. So that's the biggest principle of training that should be followed is progressive overload, which basically just means each session builds upon the last session. So you're doing a little bit more so the body has to adapt, but not doing so much more that you get broken. So it's very hard to quantify that in a group setting. You can do it in a one-on-one setting in a uh, conditioning sense, uh, definitely, but in a big group setting, it's very hard to do. And the biggest thing in terms of longevity is how strong you are, basically, like for your body weight. Whether you're a 50-year-old mum or whether you're a 20-year-old guy, the biggest thing that's going to have the make the biggest change in your life is how well you can move your body, how much force you can generate. So that's why I believe, uh, you know, these places are missing a big element in terms of getting stronger. But getting stronger isn't sexy because it requires rest breaks. It requires not not profusely sweating uh, necessarily. It requires technique over quantity and time, and time, um, and less being more. Sometimes three sets of five squat is going to be a lot better than doing ten sets of thirty seconds of air squats. Um, so, I think it. I think th- these places play a play a role, um, especially. someone as a starting out because you can do anything when you're starting out and get get a positive effect um, because something is always better than nothing and the other thing that these places do well is make it fun for people community yeah community they make people want to go there okay which is a massive massive thing in this day and age making exercise fun so pros and cons but I think in an ideal setting you do a bit of a bit of both, depending on what your needs are, like like Trent's gym does and, and my gym does, um, in a control bit more of a controlled environment for the strength work.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's that's touched on really well. And I think the for me, one of the biggest downsides is it really good for people initially to get back into it because it's if you don't like you like when I get someone here to screen when they got an injury and I'm like squat and they literally don't know how to just mm, squat. Mm. That's really hard in a group setting that's got any technique in it to, to sort of – they need one-on-one. But if they go to something like that, it's it's there's low weight. You know, it's just they can move a little bit and they'll, they'll figure it out a little bit and then you can go through. But what I've noticed a lot is that it creates what I guess I like to call gym hoppers because these people go and do this for a period of time. They'll do it for eight weeks. They'll get the result for the four weeks and then there's no more result. So they start just jumping their life around gyms, which is the similar system in – diets that people go on you get a really good result for a diet for four weeks and then nothing changes because you're not looking at the long-term picture um i guess that's that's the main downside i see with them also i don't like doing hit so (laughs) 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 so you'll never ever ever see me in one of them is i'm not okay help me Uh, (laughs) um that's awesome man um is there anything else you want to talk about today
1: yeah, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. Let's <laughs> talk more about you. Like, about me. No. Tell me, to, no, no. Oh,
0: switch, like, switch seats, go. <laughs> how?
1: Uh, yeah, tell us, tell us a bit about. You've probably touched on it in, in a podcast. Um, I'm sure. I haven't listened to every single one. That's all right. I don't
0: expect anyone <laughs> to. Um,
1: but I don't know. I'm just interested in your journey of, of of strength um of training because I know I know your dad was like really into it in high school and he was like you know he was the big man. I remember he was a was, gun. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're I remember in high school, yeah, you were you know, like everyone looked up to you as Trent with the big arms and <laughs> and strong and whatnot. And
0: I, then I tell everyone the secrets, wear tighter shirts. Tight and so. shirt, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
1: and then I guess with your um yeah, like you sort of touched on it before a little bit with when you were training with me, but how when you're coming out of out of your, you know, depression and, and whatnot, how how strength training. Yeah, just I guess what, what what tools it gave you.
0: All right, I can do that. Um I I always say I'm super fortunate that I had upbringing like my parents. They were like my parents were very like liberal in the sense of supporting, not really strict. There was things in place, Um, never beat us, like never, you know, we never starved like, like my parents worked to, we were provided with a great life. And one of the other benefits was I guess, because my parents from military, they had routine in their exercise. So my mom used to run, daily, so even as like, I remember being five, even though I hate running now, but that's just a different reason. Uh, even at five, I used to get up and go on my push bike with mom or, you know, like follow along and like, she'll do a pretend, like, you know, hindsight, you realize that running around the block three times is for me, not for her. And then she'll go off on a 5, 10K run sort of thing. Um, but ever since, even like, as far as I remember, even moving to Queensland is, we've always had a gym at home, even as an adult. I've got a proper gym at home now. I've got this sick gym. But uh, like it's always just been, I've had a gym at home, but we've always gone to a gym as well because what it was is going to the gym was the routine. The gym at home was if you feel like it or you missed out on that opportunity. So like my gyms at home, I've never really used as the primary place exercise. It's just that, you know, some nights you get a niggle, you want to do something or you had a busy day, you can, you can catch up on it. But like, I remember being as young as like 10 and, um, being at a runner Hills health club, which is demolished now, um, at five o'clock in the morning for the first open and going down to like bench press with dad and doing some squats with dad and things like that. So dad's bo- like workout routine essentially was like bodybuilding. Um, but he did do some ollie lifts. He didn't do snatches. He did a lot of cleans and squats yeah, and course. clean and press and stuff like that. So I always did these things with him when I was younger, but I didn't realize what they were because there's no names. So he's just like, just yeah, do yeah. this, just yeah. do that. Yeah, and it's just moving and it's like, okay, you did this last week. We'll put a little bit more on this week. Like, you know, it wasn't really – we never wrote down a program. We'd just go and that's just what we'd do. Um, And I was lucky growing up, like I I played a lot of sports. So I played soccer until I was about 12. I got got glandular fever and I couldn't play that season and then I didn't go back to it. But I played um, tennis, a lot of tennis. Like I don't know how my parents afford to let me play tennis. (laughs) I was playing like Super League, two lots of fixtures, a private squad, like like a lot of tennis. Um, and saxophone. I don't know why. Um, and I did swimming, which was all in place to help with my asthma. So, mm. saxophone was airways, True. swimming was to help airways. I hated swimming. It was, <laughs> I hate things that are regiment. Yeah. Like, okay. it's like super things, things that are super regiment, really hard for my, I don't know if it's my personality or my ADHD or, or both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, so even got to the point with like swimming as my parents would drop me off for like because I was good at swimming I'm, I probably have a, a relatively good build for swimming I've got huge feet big hands long arms um, and uh, and I was really good at breaststroke like I used to compete that was my stroke yeah, awesome. and I get dropped off the pool to do your training so your coach gives you a board every morning, like 5 a.m., and and you do it. And it got to a point where my parents dropped me off. i will jump the fence, go sit at the park <laughs> for an hour, and i run back, jump the fence, wet my hair, go wet out front and pretend to swim, which in hindsight is fucking stupid because you've missed this opportunity just to, to, to exercise and do something. But I don't know. You I had to out, yeah. fight the system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all through high school, I uh, had membership to HealthWorks. Um, go, so they used to go there probably like three times a week, two times a week. You know, you'd be a kid and you'd not go – um, grade 12 when I made a decision, so grade, I was a bit chubby until about grade 10. Uh, then grade 11, I'm like, I'm going to work on this. So I started working on it, like actively putting effort in. Like I started to, Oh, you eat a lot of chocolate milk. Like you, you know, all these things. Cause we had bakeries. So it was very easy to, <laughs> to eat whatever you want. My parents were busy. So it was also very easy, not to their fault to choose fast food as an alternative when you, when your parents are busy. Cause you go hang out at the shopping center. So these were all very early lessons. Um, I was lucky that I guess my metabolism got a bit faster and my capacity to burn energy got a bit faster as I grew up because I put on muscle Um, and so fast food didn't really have an effect on me until I was about 25 again because I used to eat Macca's every day. I fucking loved it. (laughs) Uh, So um, from grade 12 onwards, gym became a big part of my life. Um, I didn't realize at the time it was a big part of my mental health but it was just there. So... Sleep, not the greatest, still not the greatest, probably never going to be the greatest. I do do work on it, but it just it's just my thing. Everyone's probably got their thing that holds them back. Um, finished school grade 12, full-time work at the bakery. Every day I baked, I'd exercise. That was, the like you said, there was no negotiation there. So five days a week I was training. Wednesday was a ridiculous day. So Wednesday was my, as Annie said, work on the things that are your weakest. So I'd go on and work on my weakest things on a Wednesday. Um... And uh had my P T session and I played squash as well. So I was at the gym for like four hours on a Wednesday. <laughs> but like my sessions were long and I didn't realise as a kid like you don't have to train. So I remember the probably the first six months I went into the gym I I literally every day just did like three lots of 10 on every machine that existed in the gym. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, what they show you, right? Yeah. You know, this is your <laughs> the <program> picture. The yeah. picture. <laughs> from here to here to here. Just so, go clockwise. So i just go, no, go there. anti-clockwise. Yeah. Just go clockwise. E- everything would just be like, yep, pump, next gym. And it felt great, like you said. like so, and, and it served its purpose. I got lean. I think I was about 70-ish kilos, 71 kilos. And I'm not. Tall as you, but I'm six foot one. That's quite light. Um, I couldn't imagine being that light now. Um, and so I just did that. And then, like, I started to buy muscle books and muscle magazines and workout books and workout magazines. I was like, oh, that's not how you train. I got it. I'm like, I need a coach. I wanted to get in the special forces. Uh, that age, that general entry into SAS. So I was like, I need a coach for this as well. So I got a PT and it changed the way that I looked at training. I'm like, oh, you've probably should record things a little bit different or you should probably not just do as much as you can every day. And so that changed. I became a huge fan of supersetting, um, still a huge fan of supersets. It gives me a pump but also helps fill my borders. Um, like, you know, like a, I can work on a heavy thing but do something totally different yep. to it, which helps me get through my workouts now as well. Um, so I went from probably from the age of 18 to about the age of – 20 i I was then about 90 or 21 i got to about 94 kilos but not fat like i was quite muscly and still lean because i remember having a conversation with my wife, Barbara, at the time, I'm like, I want to weigh 100, you know, for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> you <can> do, right? <laughs> He's like, I want to weigh 100 kilos. She's like, you're already too big. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I remember looking back at pictures back then. I just looked like a fucking – I had a shaved head and no tattoos in, but I just looked like a gorilla. I just like big arms, big chest, big lats, and I'll just be like asleep like this. <laughs> um, but that kept me sane, um, and it was good to move, and I could still actively do things. So I could still go play tennis. Back then I did run. I played futsal up to five, ten times a week. Uh, that's probably why I don't like running now because I did that too much. And, and you know, it scans and as we know they're biased but on my knees there's a lot of deterioration faster than it should have been because um, I did that for seven years. So um, the problem with my exercise is I sacrificed it for work um, which no one should ever do. Like wholeheartedly believe that no one should ever sacrifice – Opportunity for family, um, opportunity for friends, and opportunity for health, for anything. Even if it's, oh, I'm just going to do it for six months because six months turns into six years. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and you, see, you see it all the time. I, I got to experience it, I guess. So I guess um, from 26, gym was no longer a constant. It was an ideal. I'll go on a Saturday. Yep. Um I'll I'll fit in at lunchtime, but they weren't fucking workouts. They're just like I'm gonna walk on a treadmill and, and go do through it. the motions. Yeah, it wasn't there was nothing behind it. Yep. And this is when I started putting on weight. And then eating maccas every day now was like you're eating maccas every day. Because the reality <laughs> was is back then I was exercising, had more muscle, I was running, like I was not calorie tracking wasn't like a big huge thing unless I guess you're competing for something. So, without realising, I was just burning it, even though it was shit food. Yeah. Don't do that, guys. Don't eat macas every day. Uh, <laughs> don't eat Maccas at all. Um, so, as quick as I gave up that, my mental health just sort of started to spike. Um, got to 2000 and so, I guess three years late, 2014, and it crashed, Crashed like, you know, decided I'm gonna kill myself, take my own life, not be here anymore because of a million things, but really I was not coping with existing and in my head not existing was better for everyone else and myself in the realm of it. Um, that was an experience and something I still experience now. My mental health's never gonna be perfect. Um, it's gonna be okay or good, uh, but it's never gonna be perfect. But a big part of trying to balance that out, um, like, like I mentioned, was going back to the gym. So my first step is when I got out of um, the hospital, which was still my longest holiday, which was the month, uh, <laughs> my sister, who was a coach at the time, she just finished her um, Cert for stuff about six months prior. She took me in and paid for my membership and actually took me to yoga as well, which was awesome. We did power yoga followed by yin yoga. Yeah, nice. Which was probably appeased to my lack of like, focus because if it was just yin yoga, I Couldn't I can't do that. But the power yoga moves so fast and you know how hard it can be. Um, so she took me through that and she paid for gym membership. So while I was at uni for the first year uh, before we crossed paths, I got to drive to Carondale, which is not particularly close or convenient. When's this, sorry, 2016? This say? would be 2000 and, when did you open Wild Movement? 2017? Yeah. Yeah, so this would have been 2015 to 16 because okay. I think – when did you get back from Holland?
1: 2016, 2016, mid, 16, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah,
0: mid. So this would have been up to that sort of crepus, um, because um, so I so for about six months, yeah, trained with her, went to Carandale three days a week, and we started doing her program. But it was still like, I think it was combination. I was on medication at the time, and combination is still figuring out who I was, still figuring out my life. You know, I've just gone from having three businesses and being like successful to being what I felt like was nothing. Um, but exercise was was there, and it's something I try to do. But it wasn't working at that point. Um, it was then when I got a friend who to exercise with me. It sort of helped start to incorporate. So this would have been just before we went with you. I started going to um, a Snaps gym. Yep, cool. Um, which I always used to have a membership for because it's nice to just be able to go I've to. I've got all. one at the moment. Yeah, yeah. like any time want to have because when you travel, any time seemed to be more common. And yep. I just like it's nice to be able to just go exercise. Um, and uh yeah so we started on the gym together and it's sort of that sparked you know that 19 20 year old Trent um again and it's like cool we can push this let's do this so I went from like being able to do in my good days like you know sets of like I could do 20 chin-ups and then I like could not do three and that's demoralizing even though it shouldn't be because we should understand that you're not the person you once were in that capacity that's something you have to work on we don't just deserve that and that was sort of like a little kick and then like you jump on the bench and you can't even bench press like 80 kilos. I was like, oh, the fuck's happening? Who, yeah. who is this person? Yeah. Um, and then when we crossed paths and, and went through the technique refinement and the programming and, 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 and teaching me um, the phases of the program and why, why we do it, it really helped build, you know, progress is important, not where you're at right now. Um, so that really helped. And then opening a facility, as much as people like to think it's real easy, to just work out in your own gym, I don't find it always the easiest thing because no. you, you hear so much. Yeah, you, oh,
1: I find it hard. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, we missed that vacuum? Over there. <laughs> oh, that plate's not where it's meant to be.
0: Yeah, it's just, and then you feel like, you know, like a client, you, you always book, I still do it sometimes, you always book something in when you're meant to train. So my non negotiable for my training now, where it is at and it's been pretty good now for about six months prior to that i was just sporadically training and going through bouts i'll get a program or get chris to program a program i'll have an online coach for kettlebells to do a program and i'll get like three weeks four weeks into it and that's just not for me that way of training uh it, it it just doesn't fit me so now it's my workout is minimum four days a week it is you know bench squat dead sort of you know press and then I'll accessorize, but it's variable accessories. And then I'll have one day of conditioning. The conditioning's more just to get my frustrations out. So it might be yeah. that 50-kilo slam ball, throwing it around and doing bear crawls and stuff, just something fun. I'm like, but having it like that, having a consistent aspect to it that allows me to use the techniques and things I've been taught allows me still to progress. Um, and I'll probably feel physically the best I've felt in in, in like 10 years um you know I, I can do all the exercises sizes i need to do i can dad i can do my 16 hours in the acupuncture clinic and not die um things like that so so now like a big part of it is that now my health physically has gotten better i probably did sacrifice a little bit of my mental work like yep. like you know like putting my headspace in the right place so that's a big part now of what i'm focusing on in this year especially is trying to work more on having them connected and stop separating the two because i think it, it's easy to do is to separate our physical mental state when they're both the, the yin and yang of our body well one's masculine one's feminine yep. mental is probably the feminine the exercises the the masculine and when one's out of balance the other either in creeps over it or escapes from it so that's where i'm at now i guess so i'm not like the the hundred plus kilos i think when i say uni i got a picture of it so it's 104 kilos I got a picture I sent you, I did. Actually, that's where we first touched base. You did an online program for like six weeks, five guys. You remember? It's yeah, just, it was, possibly. Yeah, yeah, so it was five guys. I think, I don't know, I think Elijah's brother was one of them. In a, there was five of us. It's like yeah. we had like a little bit of accountability and we had to send a picture of the site because I came up in my phone from two thousand and. 15 the other day, me standing in the kitchen pa- taking a, se- <laughs> a selfie, and it was a really bad angle. I was like, oh, why, did you, why did you take that? And I was like, Oh, you need- before. yeah, you needed to take a picture. <laughs> no. And I was like, Hoof. And I was like, uh, Yeah, so when I started uni, I was 104 kilos, which is nothing wrong in, in context. That probably doesn't make sense to anyone, but I weigh now fluctuating by about 87, 88, which is still probably a bit light. And that's where my leg work's gotta come in. But <laughs> but um but that's 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 a healthy sort of weight for me. You know, I'm not anorexic, I'm not obese. Yep, I re- place, yeah. I can function. Yeah, it just works for me. Yep. So yeah, man. Nice. Thanks that's, for sharing. That's my that's my roundabout exercise story. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like it. No, I like it. It's uh good to good to hear and good to hear that um yeah, like I think um when you said everyone oh sorry, when you said you know, you're trying to marry the the mental and the the physical up more. Um, it just the first thing that I thought about when you said that was like, yeah, like there's always something to work on, right? Hundred percent. You never, you're never at your destination, um, especially if, if you have that mindset of improvement and and um, you know trying to live a good life, which most of us are. Um, yeah, no matter where you think the person's at, there's always they're normally trying to work towards something else.
0: Yeah, man, yeah. and 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 that's and that's I think a, a big lesson in the last eighteen months, especially the COVID, because that we didn't have a bad in Queensland at all, but having gyms, it still changed our business a lot, and I think it it also taught us. So I guess if like my uncle listens to this in Thailand and stuff, but um for context is like we had to do a lot of either online and or park stuff or or, you know if you wanted to keep your membership money coming in and like working on your business work on your health there are always things that we've got to adapt to or when covid happened we'd close it's the same with our body. It's like if we don't work on adapting and changing when something goes wrong you're just going to stop you're going to shut down you're not going to be able to deal with it so i think that's really important um for me to remember and maybe some people listening is that if I don't keep putting work in, like where my mental state's at, it's only going to go backwards because I'm going to be moving forwards into a different spot. So it's going to have to catch up. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Same as uh, if you have an injury, right, it's the same sort of notion as you're a lot of people will do their rehab until it feels good. And then stop. And then stop. And then it comes back.
0: Yep. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> like, Gotta keep that shit going in the background. They're like, oh, I sit on the couch for two weeks. You'll feel better. No, yeah. you just feel better. <laughs> no, Nothing. So, to stop s- talk s- talking to GPs about your back injury because they're going to just give you anti-inflammatories and tell you to rest. <laughs> yeah. Fucking rest. Um, that's awesome, man. Uh, is anything else you want to add? Oh no, not <laughs> not <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you're, you're a little little bubba to go. You got dad duties now?
1: Oh uh, yeah We'll see where he's at In terms of his sleep Oh sleep uh, cycle They Great. were just in at the gym With me Yeah nice Before I left um, While well, my partner was Throwing it down And he was just Chilling on the ground
0: hey, He's gonna so, he's gonna be a good sleeper For noise and stuff Just being around uh, The bumpers Yeah possibly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's gonna wake him up Perfect yeah, he's,
1: he's like that at the moment So hopefully it stays that way
0: That's good man Yeah Alright Luke I appreciate you coming on man Thanks for coming on Thanks heaps Trent Pleasure
1: Thank you